You're listening to a 95 BFM podcast. Welcome back to Ashburton. We're uh, about ready to start now. It's political commentary. With Professor Jennifer Curtin this morning. Kia ora, Jennifer. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. It's great to chat with you. It's been a busy old 24 hours in politics. We've seen the first cabinet meeting of the, the reshuffled uh, caucus and uh, we've seen a stand-up from Prime Minister Chris Hipkins announcing the redistribution of where the money's going to go uh, and the priorities are going to go heading into the election this year. Probably the biggest headline out of that is, of course, the axing of the RNZ-TVNZ media entity merger and uh, the, the raising of the minimum wage has been quite significantly reported on as well. But what, what have you taken away from it? Was any of it surprising or perhaps expected? in your opinion? Yeah, I think um, he signalled, um, Hipkins, the Prime Minister, signalled some of this when he reshuffled the Cabinet quite quickly after he took the leadership. So you can sort of see he moved people up who, you know, he moved health. Um, he he put uh, Nanaya Mahutin down on the list, meaning, you know, trying to neutralise that co-governance element. But he really started talking about you know, priority issues that really mattered to the hip pocket, um, to the, the cost of living, uh, just making life easier for people during the sort of very challenging economic times. And, and this is Labor's base. He, he even talked about when they asked him why he hadn't taken a portfolio like um, Jacinda Ardern had done with child poverty. He said, I'm not about making grand gestures. I'm just about getting the job done. So he wants to sort of look like a government that's rolling their sleeves up and focusing on, you know, those everyday issues. And, you know, to be honest, when elections are tight, quite often the economy and people's sense of economic well-being can end up taking priority, that sort of hip-pocket politics, if you like. So... You know, he's, he's, he's shifted, at least rhetorically, um, Labour back to the base um, and, and shoring up their core voters. So, uh, you know, it, it probably isn't surprising to see the merger, media merger being put to one side, re-looking at Three Waters. Those are the really contentious issues that have not got traction with mums and dads, let's say, out there in the electorate, or if they have in a negative way, and... Um, He'll want to neutralise those. It doesn't mean that we won't be think, you know, seeing more funding for media going forward and so on. Now, what's your take on the benching of hate speech legislation? That's been one uh, that I think maybe took a few people by surprise, perhaps for others uh, not so much. What, what do you think about this? Yeah, I haven't um, read lots about you know the latest um, on this, except that you know my understanding is, is that. The, the committee uh, had also raised some issues. The law commission, right? There's a lot of, you know, I, I suppose it goes back to this contentiousness again. Um, Hipkins only has seven months, and he doesn't want, you can tell, any of these um, issues getting in the way. So this one's really important. Um, but he, and uh, you know, you do have to wonder if if this is something uh, that he feels the base cares about, um, you know, which is unfortunate for um, lots of minority groups, but hopefully it's not off the table. Benching it um, is, is t- 
terminology, I suppose, that I would hope would be a temporary thing. Mm. Yes, well, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Let's talk about the other, I guess, big moment in the political calendar, which is, of course, Waitangi uh, in this weekend just gone. It, it was perhaps a bit more of a subdued Waitangi than we often see at this time of year, but what what stood out to you from the, uh, I guess, commemorations, celebrations, whatever word you want to use for it around the country, particularly politically speaking? Yeah, I suppose, um, you know, we have seen controversies up there in the past and uh, the argument that this year was going to be about keeping politics out of it and certainly I think that's what Hipkins wanted. He did talk quite a bit about um, not you know, not wanting people to feel that they needed to fear um, you know the treaty and, and government's relationship with Māori you know that co-governance is going to be reframed, it's not off the table completely but just needs to be differently defined, whereas Luxon kind of had this, a, a bit of a fast moment, really, like talked about the treaty and the founding of New Zealand, Aotearoa New Zealand, as a little experiment, and then we had to go on and clarify he meant that it was a brave experiment, and but also talked about like the settlement process being done in seven years, uh, as if somehow the treaty and our relationship as, as um, Tangata Tariti isn't an ongoing thing with Indigenous people of New Zealand. So that I thought that was, it was sort of like, this is the contract and we'll just get it signed and then it's done. Um, so, but, you know, again, he's talking to his voters and, and those fiscal envelopes that were developed back in, in order to, to progress the settlement process was a national initiative. So he's underscoring that. And I suppose the big... The big one, the big speech really came the next day, I think it was, from um, from David Seymour, where he did that classic act line of, you know, Hipkins has made, or Labor's made co-governance about race. He's made thing, everything about race. This isn't about race. Everybody has the same rights. And we should have a, a, a nationwide conversation about Article 3 because it's, you know, so... We're a multicultural country, and so on. So he's 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 really pushing that, pushing the the wedge element. I think mm. by not talking Hobson's pledge, but intimating yeah. Hobson's pledge. I think perhaps no one was surprised to hear that coming from David Seymour, <laughs> but there was perhaps more surprise about, um, I guess, the bungle, you could call it, from Christopher Luxon. Uh, there, there's been a bit of commentary about Christopher Luxon being genuinely quite out of touch with the current conversation around Tetiriti and the way that New Zealanders, Pākehā and Tauiwi and, and Tangata Whenua are actually exploring that relationship. Do you think that he actually is engaging with that conversation. It seems like he's maybe missing the the beating sort of pulse of it at the moment. Yeah, I think his decision not to stay for the service on Waitangi Day and to come back to Auckland and go to the Takapuna Boat Club or something like that and talk about, well, Waitangi Day is about being in the is for the community as well, so. You know, I want to do community events. Uh, probably does signify something that he's not quite in sync yet. And, you know, ideally National would be, you know, they were talking about running in the Māori seat in the upcoming election. So 
they do probably need, as a leader, will need to sort of connect um, more easily uh, at the leadership level of Māori, you know, through the Iwi Leaders Forum and so on, but also in in communities. So, So probably some cultural supervision in that space might be useful for him. Mm, it's going to be an interesting one. That might be all we've got time to chat about this morning, but we can talk about uh, Prime Minister Hipkins' visit to Australia perhaps another time because that has been an interesting moment in politics this week as well. Thank you, Professor Jennifer Curtin, for speaking with us this morning. It's always great to have you on the show. Uh, we'll talk to you again in a couple of weeks. Kia ora, thanks, Rachel. You just heard a bit of political commentary. That was a 95BFM podcast. Support 95BFM with a B-card. Go to 95BFM.com slash sign up.